Morning. How you doing? Good. You're looking great. That was just for you. Thank you. Mariah, you're looking phenomenal. <clears throat> trying to breathe. Thanks. Thank you. So we are in Advent, and today uh, there's a little topic that I want to share with you and talk about. Uh, I'm kind of an expert on the subject. Uh, it's procrastination. And so I, I get to share some thoughts with you um, on that. Um, we see an example of procrastination in Scripture, Matthew 25. And I want to take you to that as we read today. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here comes the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just move among us in a way that is just so personal to every single person here today. God, you see what they're going through. You see the desires of their heart. You see their recent successes and their recent failures. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just take your liberty to move among us. God, that there would be healing stirred among us. The things that we have held on to, the things that we have tolerated, the things that we have permitted, God, the things that we have overlooked, the things that we have championed and the things that we have begged you to change. God, I ask that you would just do whatever it is that you want to do in our heart this morning, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Will you take, I don't know, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, and then meet somebody new, high five somebody. I see, I see several new people. I see some awesome people. So take a few minutes, get to know some people, and then you may be seated. What is procrastination? I'm glad you asked. Procrastination is to delay or postpone action, to put off doing something. Sometimes I'm in the mood to say, hey, um, why do today 
what we can put off to tomorrow. Do you know anybody, anybody with me on that? How many fellow procrastinators do I have in the house? Yes, wow. It is now no surprise why none of you are here at the start of service. 98% of you are procrastinators. Oh, church will start when I get there. I'm a procrastinator, but I choose to be. Anyone else out there? If I wanted to do it early, I could. I just, I choose to wait to the very last minute to stress my entire family out, to really test the God connection that I have with him, to really test if he's a miracle worker or not. I, I, I could do it early, but then life would be boring. Procrastination and the brain. I, I love the concept of neuroscience and I believe that neuroscience supports Bible and Bible supports neuroscience. And uh, when we are tempted to procrastinate, there's a fight, our, our brain is at war. The back of our brain is the limbic system. That's our fight or flight. That is, if you touch a hot stove, your hand is going to recoil and, and jump back. You don't have to teach a two-year-old like that the stove, wait a minute. You teach them that it's hot, but if they touch it, you don't have to teach them that that's what pain feels like, right? That comes from the limbic system, the back of their thinking. In the front, we have the pre frontal cortex and this is where our logic comes from this is where we, we reason and we we think and we weigh the odds and we make up pros and cons and we do all of these things but when we're procrastinating our prefrontal cortex and our limbic system they're at odds they're fighting and basically if the limbic system wins that pleasure center wins we will procrastinate but if the prefrontal cortex, you know when you're thinking you do this? You're trying to wake up that prefrontal cortex. Hey, 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 wake up. Use your brain. If that wins, you're not going to procrastinate because we all understand the beauty of doing something early on time and doing it well. Even the fellow procrastinators in the room, listen, on the rare occasion that we do something early, aren't we proud of that? Hey, uh, did you know I did this early? Look, I still, I still had three days, but look at me. <laughs> my wife, it's funny because my wife is not a procrastinator. She, whatever, okay, I, I would, when I procrastinate, it's to the unhealthy degree of procrastination. But when she unprocrastinates, it's to the unhealthy degree. We will start buying Christmas presents on December 26th at 8 a.m. in the morning. Now, that's a bit of an exaggeration because that's what preachers do. But literally, by April, if we haven't bought anything, she's like, Trey, Christmas is coming. I'm like, hey, maybe let's let Jesus die first. You know, let's, let's let him die, the resurrection. 
Easter, yeah. <laughs> what did you think I meant? <laughs> My prefrontal cortex can't even rationalize the response of what you were thinking. What do you procrastinate about? Is it, is it a chore you've been meaning to do around the house? Is it, is it housework? Is it a project at work? Is it calling a family member who can be awkward or difficult? Is it signing up to volunteer because you, you're afraid you're not going to belong or you're not going to fit in? Like, what, what is it that you procrastinate? Everyone can procrastinate. Like, even Carrie Rose can, if given the right circumstances, can, and she has, procrastinated. But let's face it, some of, some of us procrastinate all the time. And, and so what's the outcome and what's the, what's the problem here? I mean, in Matthew 25, Jesus tells the story of, of 10 virgins Five of them were prepared and five of them were not prepared. Five of them brought extra oil because they wanted to meet the bridegroom. They wanted to be ready. And, and the bridegroom was late in coming. It, it was taking too long. So they, they fell asleep. All 10 of them fell asleep. All, he was procrastinating. Yeah, good, Emily. All 10 of them fell asleep. And then they wake up to hear that he's, he's finally coming. But only half of them had enough oil. The sin was not in falling asleep. The sin was in not being prepared. So I wonder what it is that you and I can do to focus a bit more on procrastination. Not because procrastinating is so Hideous and awful? What's awful is not being prepared. Not being prepared for the next. Not being prepared for what God wants to place in your home or in your hands or in your heart. It's not that the waiting is so awful, but can we do the waiting with purpose? I have to tell you, um, there's a moment of vulnerability and transparency. I feel really, really off today. Um, first service, first service in, in IMO, in my opinion, wasn't good. And I didn't want to preach second service. Um, I was like, can, can you preach? And talking to Carrie, and then I almost was like going to pull up a random one of you. <laughs> Be like, here's my notes. Have fun. Didn't work out so well for me, first service. <laughs> um, I'm just struggling because I'm in, in mourning. I'm mourning the loss of sugar and caffeine. No, it's, it's real. I'm in detox. Oh, it's real. And I've de I, I have some authority on, on what detox feels like in other areas of not healthy stuff. And uh, this is probably one of the worst. 
right? Caffeine and sugar is awful. And it's a 10-day detox. And I'm like, can we just do a six-day so it doesn't have to overlap a Sunday? And then it's 10 days. So, um, I mean, it, it's really bad. Like, I've got the chills. I've got a headache. I, I want to be nice. <laughs> like the real Trey. I know the real Trey loves preaching and loves you. Oh, God. And that wasn't even just for comedic effect. Like, I, I, I feel overwhelmed. You know, the problem, though, is I've been saying for years that I was going to get off Cokes and sugar. For years. For months. And I'll do well for months. I'll, I'll drink water and I'll do great. And then what happens... I stop at the Circle K because their drinks are only 86 cents. And if you save the cup, it's 74. <laughs> and fountain drinks are awesome. So I have one. And I think, oh, I won't do that again. And a couple days go by and I'm drinking water. And I pull in and I get, I get a Coke. And I think, oh, Coca, how I've missed you. <laughs> But then I get two. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying. Then I get three, and then I get four. Before you know it, the people at the convenience store are calling me Fountain Man. <laughs> it's a slow fade. And it's all fun and games until you stop and you evaluate your life and you realize that you're slowly killing yourself. You see, I'm, I'm on a journey of living the best life that God has for me. And, and I know it, it, it makes a good joke to talk about sugar and caffeine. And I really wish I had thought to use that in first service. <laughs> no, I didn't. Because my brain wasn't working. And, and, I, and I realized, hey, I'll just be honest with you guys. My sermon's going to suck because, because I'm detoxing. But then the Lord showed me, no, actually, you wouldn't be in this problem if you had not procrastinated for so long. You would already be past that mountain, and you would be the next level you. Could you have told me that earlier, Jesus? Like, on the day I had one coca rather than 100. <laughs> My procrastination affects others. I, and I know it's easy in all areas of life to say, it doesn't affect you, it's my body. It's my body, it's what I, I'm putting into my body. It's my choice, it's my decisions, it's all of this. The reality is, is everything that I do affects the people that love me. Everything. If I sleep in late, it affects my family. If I go to bed early, it affects my family. If I have a Coke here and there, it affects my family because someday I'll find myself in a pit myself. I'll find two of Trey, <laughs> two trays in a position where he's got to stop Coca-Cola and then he's going crazy on everybody, you know? My procrastination affects others. When I know what to do and I choose to wait, there will be a cost. 
but others procrastination affect me. I, I know we like to play, play superhero and think that other people's, other people's things don't affect me. I'm strong. You do you, I do me. Listen, some of us just need permission to cry today and admit the fact that you have been wounded and you have been hurt because she said she was going to be a good mom someday. She said he was going to be a good dad someday. He said he was going to be a good husband someday. You, you know what I mean? Their procrastination affects you. You don't have to put on the mask and act like you've not been impacted by their delay. But I just want to encourage you today because even when you feel wounded by someone else's delay, I know a Savior who is able to step in the gap when people don't show up on time. His presence is able to do that which you expected from someone else. He can work it in your heart and in your soul. I really want a Coke. I, I keep playing in my head. Um, what am I going to do at 12 when the service is over and I have my car to drive home? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, no, I'll tell you I'm going to be strong. I'll tell you I'll be strong. That's what I'll be saying. <laughs> but what am I going to do? I mean, do I really? You know it's bad when you're like, I don't want to waste the four hours. <laughs> no, no, listen. You know it's bad. Like some people, I don't want to waste the four weeks of no coat. No, I don't want to waste the four hours. <laughs> I don't want to waste four hours of no coat. I've done something. And if you knew that every morning I had a coat, you would realize just what a miracle this moment is. See, I, um, I know that I'm really going to regret saying all of this. <laughs> uh, but listen, this is way better than the sermon at first that I did. <laughs> it's a lot of accountability. Well, coat number one, coat number two. Y'all can count all day. <laughs> count all day. I'll keep you up on the number. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I'm asking myself, what am I going to do? Am I going to get a Coke? And really, to be honest, here's the thing. Um, if, you're, if you know me, you understand. I'm not a man who is short on grace and short on mercy. So I very well may get a Coke on the way home and pick myself back up after that Coke. Right? That's, that's kind of the guy that I am. I don't beat myself up. Um, I have a I have a goal though, so I don't I don't want to get a coke, but I'm saying even if. But here's what I want us to understand is that the slow fade creates a reality that takes a lot longer to get out of. What we permit determines what wins. I 
I can let pleasure win or I can let logic win this day, this 24 hours. I can let pleasure, I can let familiarity, I can let comfort, I can, I can let everything, I mean, I, I, can, I can easily step back into the fountain drink world and everything be okay. But if nothing changes, nothing changes. And so what I permit over the next 12 hours what I permit will determine what wins when I lay my head down on my pillow at night. So is it convenience or is it preparation? I want to prepare for what's beyond tomorrow. What we permit determines what wins. I'm running out of time, so I need to move quick. Point four, procrastination ends with the next right step. I'm going to go ahead and get our team up here. Hey, Pastor, I, I, I deal with procrastination, and I, I know that God wants more for me, but how do I break out of that? <clears throat> what I've found and what I'm finding is that procrastination ends with the next right step. So I don't have to know 20 steps down the way. I don't, I don't have to know 10 years down the way. I just need to know the next step. What's going on? I don't know what's happening right now. How are you, Pedro? You're well? Awesome. Um, okay. Uh, so I'm going to wrap up my sermon. <laughs> Hello. I'm thrown off because, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm just thrown off. Anyway, we can talk about that later. No, that's not a bad thing. That's not code. <laughs> Who do you work for? God, pray for your jobs. <laughs> anyway. Do you know that, that good works were created for you to do? Right? In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Like, Sometimes we can get so wrapped up and consumed with like the awesome. No, mm, mm, I want to make sure I don't disagree with what I'm about to say. 
No, I agree with it. Sometimes we can get so consumed with wanting to see the power and the presence and, and the display and splendor of God that, that we forget that God is in the good works too. Like we want to we want to see the wow. But we don't we don't want to just take the next right step of doing something good. That's what Jesus did long before he rescued and saved the world. The Bible says he was just doing good works and God was in it. And when God created the heavens and the earth and man and woman, he said it was good. God was doing good works long before you and I were ever around. I have this thing on my phone that helped me stop procrastinating. Well, okay. Enough that I could, you know, say that. It, anyway, never mind. This saying has, has helped me procrastinate less. And it says, inspiration comes during work, not before it. I have it on my phone so that when I look at my schedule, uh, I see that because that really changed my life. Because as a creative, you're a four, Enneagram four. Any Enneagram fours in the house? Oh, Ariah is. That's right. Any other fours? You're a four? Really? Wow. That's surprising. That's cool. I want to I wanna learn more about that. Anyway, as a, as a four, the... Um, we can often have all of these ideas and things that we don't actually finish. You know, like um, I have a, a crossbow, never shot it, but I wanted the crossbow. You ever had a crossbow? No, I have. <laughs> but we get all of these things and we build these like, these thing, these images of ourselves, and, and we're gonna run after it and we never actually do. Um, but when I'm writing a sermon or I'm, I'm thinking of a new strategy for the church, I often get stuck because I don't feel inspired, you know? And so I'll get a cup of coffee and I will um, sit by the window as it's raining and I'll pretend that I'm in a movie and I'll look out. I really do. I do. This is, you ever do that? Yeah. <laughs> Ariah, ever? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we force do. We create these we create these highs and then these lows. Wow. Forget or worse. We love it all. Like I cleaned my garage the other day. Remember I told you guys about this and I turned on um I opened my garage doors and I turned on really loud classical music and I acted like I was in a movie. So I will, I will wait until the right thought comes around and then drops in my heart. But that's forced. We're notorious for this, but it happens in every number. Maybe if I just take the next right step, inspiration begins to bubble up. You know, I start to clean the, the, the first room and then inspiration bubbles up and I want to clean the whole house or... I pick up the pen and I write the first sentence and then the paragraph comes. And so I want, I want to encourage all of us that the Lord, the Lord doesn't mind us waiting. The problem is the Lord has things for you and I to do. He has things for the church to do. 
And so we have to move forward one step in front of the other. We have to take ground. We can't sit back and just wait for, I call it Christian prime, right? Heaven prime, where, where God is just going to deliver everything that we want to our doorstep. Some of us are, are going to need to roll up our sleeves and get a little dirty and get a little messy so that God can actually do something in our world. It's not that he doesn't want to bless us. He's waiting for us to partner and to do what he's already spoken over our life. You, you know why I think the enemy loves to create procrastination in seemingly insignificant things in our life? Some of you are like, why does heaven and hell really care if I procrastinate about drawing a picture? Right? Some things would seem like, why did, well, it doesn't make any difference. It makes a difference. Because the enemy wants us to embrace procrastination so much because procrastination is lack of action. And if he can get us to be beings that aren't being and beings that aren't doing anything, beings that have no action, then that translates into a lack of faith. Because faith without action. So that next right step may not even be about finishing the yard. It may not even be about finishing the project. It may just be about stirring faith and hope inside of you. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that what you are preparing, God, for us is, is something that cannot be obtained by just casual interaction with you. God, I understand that you are calling us to something higher, something deeper, and something wider. God, we want the fullness, the breadth of you. So God, I ask, I ask that we understand that when procrastination ends, purpose begins. And God, even in the moments of waiting, maybe it's not procrastination. Maybe, maybe we are delicately waiting for the voice of God to move forward and to go on. God, in the waiting, let it be filled with purpose. But God, let us not delay for lack of believing in you, for lack of believing in ourselves, for thinking that we're incapable or we're not worthy. God, don't let those be the reasons that at the end of our day, we've not made progress and pushed forward. God, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you didn't delay for us. that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for us. Not just in time, but at the right time. God, you aren't, you aren't a God who is caught by surprise, caught off guard by anything that we go through. You aren't racing and running towards us because you are afraid of being late. God, you're never right just at the right time. God, you are at the time that you have predetermined to be. So God, let us say yes to you today, to your timing, to your will, to your purpose in our life and in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.